This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated on it, either by its hosts or any guests, is to be construed as psychological, medical, or legal advice. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Secret Sun. I'm Mike Trippiano. podcast where we talk about searching, identity, and secrecy. In high school, my average day went something like this. Number one, wake up with the alarm. Number two, curse my fate. Number three, punch the pillow. Number four, get on with it. Get on with it meant deal with the family, deal with the all boys religious school, head home from school, deal with the family again, lock myself in my room, read some Nietzsche to calm down. The next day, do it all again. Each night, I would mark an X on my calendar on that particular day and realize I was just that much closer to getting out of here. And I had it in my head that once I leave, I am never coming back to this place. I had a few friends, nobody that close, I hate to say. Some people I've reconnected with since then on social media. No girlfriend, too awkward for that. And the religious fundamentalism in the household made that impossible. So just forget about that. And no roots to speak of, nothing to hold me here in this town. I know I have another family out there somewhere. So why am I staying here when there's not much here? And I realize in retrospect, I knew no other adoptees other than my adoptive sister. Little did I know that in my English class was another adoptee, and he's my guest today. Liam Nitka was one of those guys who I saw, but I didn't know him. I hung out with kind of an outsider crowd, and he may have felt like an outsider, but to me, he was the ultimate insider. He was on the football team. Every time I saw him, he was with the jocks, but he was adopted. Who knew that we had this in common? When I was in New York, I connected with him on social media. At the time, I was connecting with a lot of people from high school. I posted something somewhere about being adopted. He responded, oh, I am too. What a coincidence. We connected. And I knew when I started this show, I had to talk to him because I don't know him. But now that I've talked to him, I think I know him a little better. Here's Liam. I'm here today with Liam. Liam and I went to high school together. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Mike. It's been many years. (laughs) Yes, it has. Many years elapsed and we never knew each other were adopted. I didn't put it on my jacket. Yeah, neither did I. (laughs) But you knew from a young age. I did. I was a secret. I was a secret until it wasn't a secret. Basically, I found out through the kids in the neighborhood teasing me one day and calling me names, and they threw out the name adopted at me. I didn't know what that was, so I went back to my parents. I was maybe, I think, five or six years old. I asked my parents, Mom and Dad, what does adopted mean? So they sat me down, and they told me the story behind my adoption and how they chose me, and it just kind of went on from there. What they told me was that my mom had me when she was 16 years old. She was too young to raise me on her own. So she gave me up for adoption. 
I didn't know anything about nationalities or anything like that growing up. It was something I didn't find out until I actually did the search when I was 21 years old. And when I went and actually met with my biological family for the first time, then I found out that I was uh, Spanish and Mexican and then Irish on the other. What did you grow up thinking you were? Yeah, my adoptive family, my father was Czech and my mother was German. I grew up thinking I was Italian the whole time. That's what I thought. Because I knew that I was adopted from age six. I just thought that I was Italian. And people would ask me all the time if I was Italian. It was one of those things where I just went with the flow and thought I was Italian. And that proved out to be wrong once I found my biological family. Yeah, in high school, I was thought you were Italian just based on your name. And I guess maybe, well, he looks kind of Italian. Yeah. <laughs> From the time that um, I found out that I was adopted, I always felt like I was unwanted. Not everyone's first choice, I guess, is how to put it. I just felt like I was always trying to fit in. You know, I was a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. And that's how I felt pretty much growing up. I think it kind of had a negative effect on me. So like before that, you weren't like, I guess, six is such a young age. You were not like, boy, these are not my parents. You know, I don't have anything <laughs> in common with them. Six yeah, exactly. is pretty young. Exactly. But you were with them from a young age, like from yeah. 10 days old or something. I was adopted at six weeks old. And my mother, my biological mother that had me, she gave birth to me at St. Louis University Hospital. And she, you know, she basically nursed me for five weeks. And no wonder you're so much more together than I am. You got nursed for <laughs> six weeks. <laughs> much less neurotic from what I can tell. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> she was 16. Yeah, she was 16 when she had me. And my biological father was 17. And they were high school sweethearts out in Salt Lake City, Utah. They were Catholic. Uh, they weren't Mormon. It was one of those things where my biological mother's father forbade them to get married. He insisted that she go live with his brother in St. Louis, which is where St. Louis came into play. While she was pregnant with me, she was living in St. Louis then she gave birth to me and nursed me for five weeks. And then once she was done nursing me in the hospital, she went back to Salt Lake City, Utah. There were like 12 Catholics in Utah at that time. <laughs> when I searched, it was something where the state of Missouri said an adoptee had to get permission from all four parents in order to do the search. Otherwise, the search could not take place. So initially, I went to my parents and I said, look, I've been curious about my adoption and, and the story behind it. I want to know my family health history, and I want to know what nationalities I am. I'd like to search for my biological family. So This is late 80s. Yeah, this was in 1988. So I was in the Navy back then. I was 21 years old. I got their consent. And then once I got their consent, I approached the juvenile courts of St. Louis, which is where my records were, and then also the adoption agency that was Catholic Charities. That was the adoption agency I was adopted through. 
I approached them and let them know that I wanted to search. And then they contacted my biological mother and my biological father and asked if they had their consent for the search. And so both of them consented. And then it was a matter of time before I found out the family history and getting their names and contact information. All in all, I think it took roughly about um, five months in total to search it. So wait, your mom and dad, they stayed together? No, they didn't. So my mother, she went back to Utah to finish high school. And my father, once he finished high school, he went off to Vietnam. They stayed in touch. Once he got back from Vietnam, they reunited had a relationship again, and then she got pregnant again, three years after I was born. And then she had twins. So I had a younger brother that, you know, younger brother and sister who were twins that I never knew about until I was 21 and found that, found my biological family. You were in the Navy? Yeah, I was in the Navy. I was stationed in Pensacola, Florida at the time. I was going through my tech schools that the Navy was uh, putting me through. And then um, I ended up going off to my duty station in Rota, Spain, uh, shortly after my tech school. So I found the biological family and reunited with them in July of 1988. And by November of 1988, I was in Rota, Spain doing my tour of duty. My parents got married. They stayed married for 10 years and then got a divorce. The reunion took place in July of 1988. It was done out in San Diego because that's where my biological mother was living at the time with the two twins. When they knew that I was coming out, they arranged for my biological father to travel to San Diego and meet as well. I met aunts and uncles that I knew never existed before during that trip as well. Did your mom name you? Yes, she named me at the time of the birth. Yeah, it was a completely different name than what I go by now. What name I was adopted with. It's uh, Andrew Michael. Stack is the last name. Stack? Yeah, which is Irish. That sounds pretty Irish. <laughs> he's Irish, she's Spanish. No, she's Irish and he's Spanish and Mexican. I have no attachment to my, my legal name. Not in a negative pissy way, just like, it's just I know I have other names. You find out your name, is it like, oh, yeah, that name makes more sense? Yeah, it was. I mean, um, you know, I hated my name growing up because my legal name is William. You know, everyone was calling me Bill or Will or William, any combination of the three. I always hated my name, so I always wanted the name change, but that never happened. So, you know, it was one of those things where, yeah, Andrew Michael Stack sounded pretty normal. I liked it. It was just something that I never pursued as far as a legal name change. Yeah, I thought about it. I think by doing the show, I'm trying to get clear on a lot of things. <laughs> like, how, how important right. is that? The name right, change. Exactly. How important is it to know the relatives that I'm still a secret to? <laughs> right, exactly. But your secrecy is gone, right? It's like everything's out. Yeah, everything's out. There are layers of secrecy in my two families, the adopted family and then the biological family. So the layer of secrecy in my adopted family 
kind of expired when I was six years old and I was, you know, I had found out through neighbor's kids teasing me or whatever that layer of secrecy expired. But then I was a very well-kept secret in my biological family. No one really knew about me. My younger brother and sister were three years younger than me. They didn't know about me until they had their birds and bees talk with my biological mother when they were 16 years old. She said, you don't want to get pregnant or you don't want to get anyone pregnant at my age or at your age because I myself had a boy when I was 16 years old. And so that's when they found out about me. You know, that was another layer of secrecy in the biological family. My dad came from a very big Spanish-Mexican family where he had nine siblings. He was among the older part of the kids in that chain, depending on which uncles or aunts knew. The younger part of his family didn't really know about me until I was 21. So he didn't tell his parents, I guess. No, they knew. They knew. Yeah, they knew. Kind of an interesting story about the biological family is my father's parents on my biological father's side approached my biological mother's father and they offered to adopt me and raise them as one of their own. He just said, no way, it's not going to happen. She's going to go out and live with my brother while she's pregnant and give birth and give him up for adoption. I'm still shocked that your mom brought you up in this birds and bees talk. (laughs) You're like a warning of. Yes, exactly. So that's in their head. And when you finally met them, I mean, it was only two years later, I guess they met you. I went out in 1988 to San Diego and they were 18 at the time. I was 21. My first time seeing them, I first got a picture of them when I was in Pensacola before we had met. It was just a matter of weeks before I was on a flight out to San Diego to actually meet with them for the very first time. And when I walked off the rampway, off the plane into the terminal, I looked at my younger brother and it was like looking in the mirror three years ago. That's how much of a resemblance we had with each other back then. My wall here. So you you can't see it, but it has plastered with family photos. I need to be reminded. I forget I have blood family. What I'm amazed by is you're not in the, I guess maybe because you found at such a young age, like you're not plugged in the adoptee world. I'm so plugged into all this adoptee social media. Oh, really? Like I didn't find out my dad's name until I was almost 51. Oh, wow. Man, oh man. That was a relief. <laughs> That was a lifesaver. Oh, I'm sure. So I think that's why I was so plugged in because I was just searching for so long. You searched, you found in a couple months, amazing and great that Catholic Charities was like, oh yeah, we'll help you out. Absolutely. Did you have to pay? Some people have to pay like $800 or something. I don't recall having to pay anything. I think it was just a matter of them making the information available, both to my biological family and to myself. I think that I was in contact with the woman who took over my caseload at Catholic Charities. Uh, it was one of those things where this woman, you know, she, she was helping my biological mother with the case as far as my birth was concerned. And then after that, it was passed down to another woman. That was the woman who I was in touch with at Catholic Charities. 
So she was familiar with me or my case already. The information available was pretty easily accessible. You get the information in a quick amount of time. And then is it like, oh, I feel so much better. Or is it like when I found out my dad's name after all those years, I was like, oh, you know, like this exhale that went on for about six months. (laughs) So as far as your question is concerned, yeah, I grew up curious about my biological family or whatever. Once I met them, I thought that that was the answer. It was going to put to rest all these issues that I had growing up. <laughs> I thought it was going to put to rest all those issues and like the so-called behavior issues. Yes, cuz I acted out. I was a rebellious kid as a result of being adopted. I acted out and I got into juvenile trouble and I got into young adult trouble with the police, you know, and it was all a result of acting out due to my adoption. But you didn't know that then. No. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. They were just like, it was just deep down. These are bad, are bad seeds or right, something. Right. Just deep down within me, I was like, I have all these issues going on. And I thought by finally meeting my biological family, that it was going to be the be all end all to all the issues that I grew up with. You're saying no, it wasn't the BL. <laughs> I'd find out later that that wasn't the case, but uh, that's a story for another day. More people to share your dysfunction with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is important, though. I mean, the genetic mirroring, you know that term where you, you see people you look like? Yes, exactly. I mean, I was always in trouble. I was setting fires and stealing constantly, and but always, you know, a good front at school. Right. When did you put it together that all this behavior was not just normal teenage hijinks? You didn't read some adoptee literature or something? I mean, in all transparency, I'll let you know that I'm a recovering alcoholic and I battled alcoholism from my teens all the way into my adulthood. I think okay, uh, 90% of my listeners are, are in AA. Oh, really? Nice. So it was one of those things where I was going through the steps with my sponsor and, you know, all these issues started coming out on paper. That's where I figured it all out was at that time I was going through the steps and all my behaviors were because I was acting out because I was adopted. So you could see, oh, this is rage against authority. Very much so. I was incredibly rebellious against authority. Yeah. I still have a hard time with it. <laughs> I mean, authority to me was is Catholic Church secrecy and uh, do what we say. And Oh, absolutely. And there's no reason behind it all. Yeah. I ended up leaving the Catholic Church once I got married. My wife and I got married in the Episcopal Church. We got married in the Catholic Light Church. Yeah. Less, less, fr- less frenzied. Yes. I grew up in a frenzied Catholicism. My mother was raised uh, Southern Baptist, so that brought, it brought a fervor. And you have contact now with your siblings and your mom and your dad? Yeah, I've kept in regular contact with them almost on a weekly basis. We are pretty close. And they're friends? My biological mother and biological yeah. father? Yeah, okay. they're... They're, they're definitely uh, very open to being friends with each other still to this day. Fantastic. My sister, she has a son. She's the only one out of us three 
that actually had a child. My biological mother and biological father shared the grandparent part of it and go to all the events that a grandparent would go to as far as like, uh, her son's high school graduation. They both went down to San Diego for that. You know, they're still amicable. And So you met your dad's nine siblings. Did some of them say, yeah, we knew about you. We couldn't say anything. The ones that were older said, yes, we knew about you. And we're glad that you came back into our lives. And then uh, the young ones, they said, no, we didn't know about you until just a month ago. <laughs> that was pretty wild. I mean, I have an uncle from my dad's family that's the same age as my older sibling in my adopted family. He's only like six years older than me. You know, he's my uncle. And your mom has siblings? She has three siblings. Yeah, they all knew about me. Well, your mom was like, no shame. Right. Good for her. Yeah. Well, it's her story. You know, she's a recovering alcoholic herself. It's part of her story. She's at peace with it. Yeah, I was nervous at first when you first approached me about it. Then I was like, you know, this is my story. I feel like it needs to be told. If my story can help someone in their search or battling with, with their secret, then I feel like I've done my part as far as trying to help another person who's been in my place. How about that? I was near this guy for four years in high school, knew nothing about him. Didn't know any of that story. I hope you all got something out of that. I'm still amazed about the birds and the bees talk. I've never heard anything like that before. If you like the show, please rate wherever you listen to the podcast. Subscribe. Hey, why not write a review? That helps. You know what? You do that, more people can find this show. Why not tell a friend? They don't have to be adopted. They could be adoptee adjacent which most people are, statistically. And if you like, please visit the Patreon and do whatever you feel like there. See you next time.